Hello? Can I ask you a question? Why are you gay? Her. LGBT. I know that's right. Her. <laughs> Wrong answer, forehead. Lizard! Not another one? What is this? Bitch! We're in a different era. It's about to go down. Where you are right now? Black people be. Her. You are. Black people purr. Yeah, it's funny game. Bitch, let's go! Hey everyone, I'm Be The Half and welcome to this month's episode of The Halftime Show With. It's an audio game interview where I talk to interesting people about their interesting lives. My guest today is supermodel-in-waiting, being featured in ads such as Gap, Sephora, Grace Runway for the likes of Christopher John Rogers, and House of Alma. When she's not busy being incredibly beautiful, she's a singer, writer, and socialite. I'm so happy to have you here. It's fellow Leo, Anzi Dasabi. Hey, y'all. I had to give myself Welcome some air horn. Two Leos, one show. I know. How will it work? I maybe should add an air horn to my soundboard. <gasps> that would be cool. That would be great. Yeah, I'm going to add that. But two Leos, one show. Get ready to have your ear talked off, everyone. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, I want to get right into it because we have so much to cover. But like every generation has this obsession with models, modeling, celebrity. Um, but like what drew you to actually pursue your craft? Was it like online fashion games, playing with dolls, make believe? Um, or you just like enlightened one day and was like, I sh- am incredibly beautiful. I need to be a model. Like, what's the backstory? I'm be honest with you. It was... Um... All of the above, except for the damn, I'm beautiful. Like, I should do this. Shit. <laughs> um, I was playing Stardoll. I was playing um, the Polly Pocket games, Bratz, mm-hmm. My Scene. I was dressing up with my cousins. Um, really, anything that we could do to like mess around with clothes or creating characters and stuff, I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, and then I sucked at sports. So. Mm. Everybody around me, like my parents, friends and stuff, they would be like, oh, your daughter is so beautiful. Like, she should be a model. She's like Naomi Campbell or whatever. And I'm like, me and Naomi look nothing alike, but thank you. That's so funny. So I was like, dang, everybody says I'm good at this one thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should try to do that one thing. So Mm. it just started from there. Oh, that's so cute. Wait, so you weren't like, I'm incredibly beautiful. Everybody else was like, you're incredibly beautiful. Were you just like, oh, I'm normal? Or like, what What was your thought process as a kid surrounding beauty? Well, as a Black person, a visibly Black person growing up in the South, um, I did not think I was anything. I mm. didn't necessarily think I was ugly because my family told me I was beautiful. So I knew some mm-hmm. of it had to be true. But mm-hmm. I just felt like, I felt like a plebe. <laughs> A plebe. Yes. Oh gosh. I felt like I was I know just mean, like though. an NPC in everybody else's life. I was just there. <laughs> I didn't have So you're like playing second fiddle. Yeah. I never had like mm-hmm. a perception of my own well, not never, but it was like later on that I started to perceive my own beauty and it was negative mm-hmm. because it was through other people's perception of me. Mm-hmm. And they were anti black, so Yeah. Why would they That'll think I do was it. cute? That'll do it every time. It's like Hmm. Am I ugly or am I just black? Visibly. Yeah. I used to have people like in school be like, oh, she's never going to be a model. Like, why is she trying? Oh, wow. She's ugly. Like, I don't understand. And I would just be like, babe, you don't get it. Like, you don't have to get it, though. It's okay. 
It's okay. You'll catch up later. You and they did. Up. I was reading some of your interviews, um, and I've seen your tweets from like long ago where you're basically like, you know, people who didn't believe in you now hitting you up for opportunities or like the crumb of an opportunity. I can't give that to you. That happened pretty often. <laughs> One, because I'm petty too, because I just can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I got it, you can have it, but I don't got it, so... That's so funny because um, we talked in pre-show a lot about being black famous and I was actually on the phone with my friend and they were like, oh, who are you interviewing? I sent them your Instagram profile and they're like, oh my God. And I was like, you are like black famous, um, especially in like black Gen Z millennial cusp areas. Cause like we see you on Sephora all the way down here sometimes. We see you on Instagram all the time. Uh, but like your perception online. is much- <laughs> chronically online. <laughs> Well, like your perception of your success is like completely different than us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like expand. <laughs> um, no. Okay. <laughs> I will expand. Um, how how do I put that? Well, it's it's just like you said. Like it's black famous. Like okay, so yeah. there are people who pre pre like American Horror Story had no idea who Angela Bassett was. Right. They were just like, yeah, she was in some movies in the 90s. She's black, whatever. But they didn't right. like revere her as we revere her. Like Shirley mm-hmm. Ralph for a long time. Mm-hmm. Shirley Ralph was just black famous, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then she did something that like was not, I don't want to say like she had to turn to a white audience because I don't think Abbott Elementary is necessarily for a white audience. No. But like it was something that was accepted by white audiences mm-hmm. or like revered by white audiences. Mm-hmm. And then it became credible. Exactly. I, I do think that's a lot of what like what happens to you because I know that you're currently still on sign, um, which I think is a crying shame, honestly. I've, man, I'm showing my age here, but I've probably followed you <laughs> online since like high school. And gang. I remember being in high school, gang, um, <laughs> the mutual show. <laughs> um, but I remember like when you were like moving to New York. That's how old I am, first of all. That's how long... I've been online. But I remember when you were like getting ready to move to New York and you were like, yeah, I can't wait to get signed. And, you know, and you moved from like Texas and it was like, had you couldn't be any older than 18 either. I was 17. But you said, when I moved. wow. Yeah. That's insane. How did you, I mean, I know why you had to move because of opportunities in New York and like, you know, Texas was not head model capital of the world. Um, but it kind of is. It is? It kind of is for commercial. Oh, okay. But, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of commercial work out there. Mm. Uh, especially post-pandemic, like, post-pandemic. <laughs> 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 it's never over. Yeah. Um, but a lot of companies moved to Texas because it was cheaper. Mm. So oh. they might just fly you out there to do e-com work instead okay. of booking an expensive studio in New York to do it. Mm. So it's kind of like the modeling equipment of like everybody moving from California to Atlanta to do movies. Sounds like yeah, it's just cheaper. Okay, it's the same shit, same people, just cheaper. <laughs> wow. So would you move back to Texas? If, Hell fucking nah. Like, oh, <laughs> that was a very quick answer. <laughs> Hell nah. Why not move back to Texas? We don't have to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face told me everything I needed to know. Um, well, the laws, um, mm. the magites. Fair. Um, the magites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're menaces. Um, 
Well, well, I do miss, like, my family and, like, my mm-hmm. friends that I'm still cool with out there. But, like, plane, right. planes are a thing. Yeah, that's fair. Cars are a thing. Like, we could see each other. We got phones. We could FaceTime. Like, it's like... We can FaceTime now. Like, technology is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could be on FaceTime for, like, four hours once a month and, like, catch up, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. then... That's enough. I love you. <laughs> when you're ready to leave that state, call me. How many times do you travel home? Not to blow up your spot, but... It's okay. Well, it's not blowing it up. Nobody knows when I go. <laughs> <laughs> Except for holidays. But you never know which one it's going to be. Mm. Um, Always keep them guessing. Yeah. I go like four times a year, but mm-hmm. I usually like alternate holidays. Like if I go for Thanksgiving, okay. I'm not going for Christmas. Or if I go for Christmas, right. I'm not going for Thanksgiving. Right. They're just too close together and... Mm-hmm those prices those tickets yeah they're crazy and i might as well just stay until the next holiday but i don't want to do that them people crazy Mm. i love my family but they're crazy no that's very real (laughs) that's very real when people say you pay living with your family via mental health they're 200 percent right they are every time i go home i'm like wow there's no rest here this is why no rest no rest for the wicked no <laughs> Every day is something. What are some things that you love about New New York that like you just can't find in Texas and you're like I wouldn't move back for the world because this just this thing. I'm not set on living here either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but some This is pissed up. Yeah, some things I do love about New York. Um like in theory the subway Okay. Theory. Like public transportation, that's cool. Cause I did not. Mm-hmm. I came from the suburbs, and we did not have reliable public transportation. I um, always see Texas as being very spread out too. Yeah, just a lot of people on trucks. Yeah, big ass trucks, jeeps, and like G wagons, mm-hmm. and then can just like beat up road. Camrys. Okay, that's so it. Drag me. Look. It is the Negro rite of passage to drive to own or a, own a hoopty Camry. Mm-hmm. Negroes love a Camry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I do. It has held. It got <laughs> us through. It has held us down as a people. So, so the subway. Even though New York subway is actually massive, confusing, and I, it stinks. It is stinky. It's a little musky. It's a little Elani. A little Elani. <laughs> I tickled myself with that one. That was funny. I'll give you I that. have to do that. Um, what else? I like that there's always something to do. Like, I like I like that, and I also hate it at the same time. Because mm-hmm. when you want to rest or take a break, it's like, damn, FOMO. But FOMO does not exist to me anymore because I have transcended. Mm. My frontal lobe is developing. Um but when you want to do something, <laughs> it's always something to do. You can always find something to do. So New York is like, New York is popping. Yeah, it's popping. But like, it, you got to be careful how popping it gets. Because you could be like, you go to work, you come home, you're rushing home to change. So you could go out, you go out. The next day you wake up late. You do some little things around the house. Next thing you know, it's time to go out again. You're getting ready. You're going mm. out. And then you come home. You sleep in. And then 
you're doing little things or maybe you're too hungover or whatever, too tired. You end up staying in bed. Next thing you know, it's the next function. It's like, okay, mm, I haven't done anything for myself now. So right. you got to be careful not to get too turned. The balance of like socialiteness. Right. Because a lot of the times people invite me to stuff. They getting paid to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid but to be not. there. Oh, so they're going. It's like a work thing for them. And they're like, yeah, I want, you know, Anza to come because that's my friend. That's my girl. Yeah, that but, or like it's my friends like DJing and you're getting mm-hmm. paid for this set. I'm not getting paid for this set. So I love you. I'm going to come here. You spend right. for a little bit, but I'm going to go home because I'm not about to be out here all night. Is it common to get paid for just, like, appearing at club or a function or anything like that? How often does that really happen? I feel like you really got to work your way up to that one. Because mm-hmm. uh, venues and PR companies are, they don't like to fork over money. So you really, you got to okay. be a real girl for that one. Okay, got it. You have to be, like, sexy, dress well. Uh, or like you personality, bring you bring the niggas. Mm. Um you get the niggas to spend money. You get the niggas to spend money. Yeah. Okay. You got to have a good turnout. You got to have active followers. Mm. But then they will invite you for free just like to look like the party's popping. Yes. Okay. That's like pretty regular occurrence for... That's pretty regular. And I know it sounds crazy to like go even though other people are getting paid. But mm-hmm. you kind of got to pay your dues on that one. And... Mm-hmm. By going to these functions and getting a press image, um, which means like their um, photographers at the event are taking images of you to later be uploaded to uh, their website, their Instagram, uh, news articles, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 whatever. Mm. Um, Going there, getting the press image lets the PR team of either the client or just the PR company, maybe if it's their event, um that hey this person is interested and they're on our radar so okay Mm. maybe we know that this person likes makeup so if makeup forever is dropping a new line and they're also um we do pr for them it makes sense let's send this person a pr package because we know that they Mm -hmm. like to do makeup and they came to this um fenty beauty event like okay a couple weekends ago so it sounds crazy going to events for free when other people are getting paid but it kind of does end up paying off in the long run because then you Mm -hmm. meet people there you might meet people that work um for the team and you're able to Mm -hmm. like build a relationship and eventually get yourself your own sponsorship or Mm -hmm. you know you potentially meet someone in casting there and you end up doing a campaign for them so you never know Mm -hmm. Going to free events. So it's events like, it's beneficial, is beneficial for both part- parties. Do you get free drinks at least when you go if you're going for free? Um, You get free drinks. Most of the time there's little bites to eat. And then you'll also get a little gift bas- bag. Okay, basket. cute. Bag, basket, whatever. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I had a shot of Casamigos and I got another one sitting in my lap. So that's how I feel. <laughs> I would join you, but I do have work in the morning. <laughs> Damn you, capitalism. Hey, it's from home, though. I could get a shot, but I don't know. Don't do that. We'll see how I'm feeling in 20 minutes. Don't be like me. Be better than me. (laughs) Um, So those are all things that you love about New York. What are some things that you love about Texas? I know it's far and few in between, like the cities, but... Food. 
food. Every time I go home, I make like an itemized list of all the places that I want to eat at, and I never, I never make it all the way through. But it's like mm-hmm. mom and pop places I grew up eating, new places, mm-hmm. and then I'm not really a fast food girly. But let me tell you something: yeah. the fast food in Texas is like they put love in it. Is Whataburger good? Like everybody's been saying, mm-hmm. I've never had it. It's just like a oh, classic okay. burger place. It's very good. Okay. It's yummy, but it's not like, oh my Bomb. god, this is the best burger in the. I, I don't know. I feel like things in like that States. are hard to to um quantify. Yeah, it's yummy Got though, it. and it's good drunk food. But they mm-hmm. always take forever to bring out your order, no matter what time it oh. is. They always got issues in there. What's another fast food place in Texas that you can't find up here? I feel like there's a ton. I just don't know what's in Texas. Um, in and out, weirdly. Oh, I've had In and Out. Their fries are disgusting. Sorry. Is is In and Out in um, D.C., Maryland? No, it's in California. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, for some reason we have In and Outs. Um, they were like, I guess it's on that coast. People here make a lot of money. Let's gouge them for it. <laughs> or they spend a lot of money on entertainment mm-hmm. and food and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have a Zaxby's? Oh. I actually almost fought my mother <laughs> the last For time Zaxby's? I went home. Yes. She was like, there's food at home. I'm like, girl, I'm rarely ever here. I want some freaking Zaxby's. And we went to Zaxby's and I was trying to get a box and she wanted to try it. She's like, just get the tenders. Just get out the tenders. I'm like, no, you're ruining the vibes. The right. Then we got the box of tenders and she's like, oh, it's kind of salty. I'm like, girl, that's why you need the fries and the bread. You don't just eat the tender i love yeah. zaxby's it's delicious i say all that to say i almost fought my mother i feel like i've had it zaxby's. once maybe atlanta mm-hmm. <laughs> that's real i've heard other people have that i feel like zaxby's is good i feel like i was really like going insane over canes raising canes Ugh, that white people you don't chicken. like raising canes it's white people wow. chicken. it's not seasoned enough for me like maybe i was just hungover. i was in new orleans and i remember i had it I, it goes nicely with the sauce. I'll say that. But like, the if sauce you just bite it by itself, it's like you just cut up a chicken and breaded it and fried it. <laughs> the sauce was good. I I don't know. It had like a nice maybe maybe the people down there made a little extra seasoning. I believe it. it. Maybe I believe it. I don't really remember Zaxby's as like a ooh this is like whoa. But I remember like the chicken was like red or like burgundy. Like it was so seasoned. Damn. So back to New York. You originally came to New York um, because you were going to school, but in the back of your head, you were like, actually, I'm going to be here to model. Like, how did you juggle those? And then what eventually ha- ended up happening? Um, I was juggling both of them. I was doing all right. And then I got a part-time on top of that. So that's school, modeling, and a part-time job. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that shit was hard. And I was also going to a private Christian school, gross, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that they really did not agree with how I wanted to live my life. Okay. And also it was like during the election year. Oh. Yes. So it was was a really tough time. Um, And -hmm. ultimately I just decided to... Ooh, I usually say do like Kanye and drop out, but I don't want to be associated. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just became a college dropout and I put more energy into modeling. Mm-hmm. But 
I spent so much time at my friend's schools. I deserve an honorary degree. The amount of time I've been at S, like spent at SVA, spent at Pratt, spent at the new school, Parsons specifically, and Eugene Lang, like they deserve, (laughs) I deserve one. Give it to me. I put in my dues. That's so funny. It's like one of those, well, no, maybe this is a bad analogy, but you know when like people service dogs become in the class and like they give them like an honorary degree. Exactly. I'm the emotional <laughs> support friend. I deserve it. <laughs> I was in the library with them when I was crying. Exactly. You was um fitting your, your pieces for your thesis on me. You know, you was taking your thesis <laughs> photos of me. I deserve an honorary Did you do degree. a lot of that? Like you were, um maybe not muse, but like. You were involved in a lot of your friends' projects while they were at school? Hell yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. I used to see people there so often, I thought they actually went to school there. And they thought I did, too. (laughs) Because them people always have projects for school. And they're like, Mm. I need help. Like, I can't do this by myself. I really deserve... Damn. So, like, they would... Is that like a step stepping stone in your modeling career too? Like to be kind of like the fit model for projects and then people would kind of see you around and hire you for work later? Or um, how did that work? Or was it just like, these are just my friends and like they need help on this project? Well, I met most of my friends that went to these schools on the internet mm-hmm. um, before we all moved here. We were in the process mm-hmm. of like deciding what colleges we wanted to go to and stuff. Mm-hmm. So... When we all got here, I would do things with them, and then they would introduce me to, like, their friends that they had made in school or um, people that they had met freelancing or whatever. Mm. And, yeah, they would book me for stuff or they would have me doing favors for them, and it would be like a a punch card of favors. (laughs) Like, okay, you you know, were the fit model for my thesis dress or whatever, so... Mm -hmm. I now owe you anytime you want custom or you want anything fixed or whatever, you mm-hmm. can bring it to me. I'll fix it for you or just hit mm. me with the concept and I'll make you a custom gown, whatever you want. Right. Wow. Seems like a lot of your current work like runs off networking. Do you ever get tired of having to network <laughs> and interact? Yeah, all the time. But luckily, most of the people that I interact with, I already have a relationship with or we kind mm-hmm. of know each other through a couple like degrees of separation of like really good solid friendships so it's like okay Uh i could kind of trust you to like if you're not responding in a timely fashion or whatever i know that you're still gonna get done like the service that needs to get done or you're gonna be Mm -hmm. there on time or do what needs to be done because Mm -hmm. we all kind of like operate in a similar way okay got it but i do need to expand (laughs) Because I just, like, wonder, because everybody's like, you know, Leos are so, like, outgoing and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I feel like we need a decent amount of time to recharge sometimes. Like, you know, it's go big, but, like, also when you go home, like, you know? Yeah. I really do feel that a lot of times I'll have, like, all this energy to be ready to go outside. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I beat my face. I put on a cute little outfit, you know? I was in the Uber. I'm listening to some music. I'm feeling good. My lip gloss is cool my lip gloss is popping you know you know right and then i get there i'll meet up with a friend and then get get there and i'm like it's like empty blinks (laughs) 
And then I see a couple of people I know, and I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I haven't seen you in forever because we're all in the house. We all recluses mm-hmm. somehow in this city. And then I'm like, damn, okay, that's all the people I know. And then it's just like weird guys in suits, like mm. white men in suits just eyeing me. And I'm like, mm, uncomfortable. Mm. Then it's like random white women just eyeing me. And I'm like, are you a PR girl or do you hate me? Like, which is it? Mm. Um and then I'm just like, damn, everybody in this room got some money. I want some money. And I'm like, damn, I'm going home. I don't want to be What's here. the process of networking at, like, the events? Like, I know that sometimes you don't get paid to go to the events, but it's still worth it to go for the networking opportunities. Like, how do you approach? Because I think that's a missing link in a lot of people's idea of modeling. Like, they just think, like, oh, you're so beautiful. Everyone's going to flock to you. And it's like, they do, there's a billion but beautiful people. But, like, to be how do you serious. stand out in the... Yeah, to be serious, how do you, like, what's your process of networking? How, like, you personally? Um, well, if I see someone, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily I see someone, it's that we'll just end up talking naturally, and mm-hmm. um, if they happen to be, like, a casting director or work at an agency or something, mm-hmm. I'll say, they probably already know before I say it, or they'll be like, ah, oh, that makes sense, or I'm like, I'm a model, you know, and they're like, ah, yeah, of course, or... You know, okay. <laughs> and they'll probably ask me, do I have representation? Or they'll just ask me mm-hmm. questions about modeling. And um, I'll give them, like, not necessarily vague answers, but I'll give them, like, a little bit of a surface level level answer. And then mm-hmm. I'll say, well, it's kind of loud in here. Like, if you <laughs> want to talk more about this, or I'd love to talk. You're more. funny. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask for their email. I don't okay. usually ask for Instagrams and stuff. They'll usually want to exchange it anyway, but I like to get people's email. Email, right. Yeah. Why um why the vague answers? Like the surface level answers, not vague, but why why more surface level answers than like, you know, I'm looking for a representation, I want this, this and this. I don't know how many drinks they had. I don't know what kind of day they were having before. I don't know if they really have the capacity to have this conversation with me mm, about career okay. in this moment outside of just being okay. hee hee ha ha kiki we're cute like okay yeah probably more so because it's like the like the setting necessarily like you know you're drinking it's party environment right okay it's not really so you're a like professional environment well. but we could get mm. to professional in the email in the email. Or got it. And in the it, email, I'll say something. And I'll be like, anyway, you want to meet for coffee? You want to meet for mm-hmm. brunch or something? You know, let it lead to that. Then it becomes a more like friendly professional setting. And then the email also helps you like realize that they're a real person because is it Gmail or is it like what's the ending on it? You know. Well, I don't usually take that one too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes people give you like their personal email. They won't give you their work okay. email. And some people, like, their work email is just at Gmail. Like, not everybody okay. is incorporated. LLC, okay, okay, gang, okay. gang, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's not, like, a red flag where it's like, oh, yeah, you can email me at mark123 at gmail.com. And you're like, whoa, you're not a real agent. But, like, that's not a red flag. Um. Well, it depends. If they said that they were at an agency and then they give me, like, an email like that, I'll ask them, what's your agency email? Or what's your work email, not your personal Mm -hmm. email. But if it's, like, a photographer or, like, a musician or, like, a writer or something, I'm not going to be like, damn, like, you don't got to... No LLC? Yeah, I'm going to be like, okay. Can't fuck with you. I'm I'm an at Gmail 
So not too much on the at Gmail people. <laughs> I'm not at Gmail. I don't have no LLC email. But like, I just always hear that like, oh, you're not supposed to take, if somebody like approaches you for a modeling gig, like they shouldn't have a Gmail, like, you know, they should have a professional email or something like that. But that's only relevant to if they are like, I work for an agency, but here's my Gmail. Right. It's always better to just ask for somebody's work email versus Mm -hmm. their personal email. Because you, to me, when I meet people, I don't want to immediately be personal. And this may be a turn off. This may be why things ain't pop for me. I don't know. But I (laughs) very much like to establish like professional relationships with people in terms of like casting directors and Mm -hmm. agents and things like that. Because like, I want you to know I'm about my business first. Like, right. We could become friends later when the money comes. If we, but when the money comes, if we actually click. But. Exactly. But ultimately, like, you just need to know that I'm serious. I'm a businesswoman. Exactly. That's 100% fair. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, I didn't know you were serious about bottling. Then it's like, oh, well, you know, like, and also, you don't know them. So I don't know you. How do I know we're even going to be good friends if we try and do, like, a personal exactly. relationship? Exactly. Um, speaking of personal, let's get personal. It's time for our first game. Our first game is called Questionable Impressions. I'll spin the wheel, give you a person, place, character, or thing, or whatever it lands on, and you'll have to do your best impression and continue the interview with that impression until the timer buzzes. Are you ready? Hell yeah, brother. Anzi, your questionable impression is a chic French Nepo baby model who only smokes slims. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> that's not my impersonate. Yeah, that's my impersonate. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. Okay. Uh, Anzi, you recently just came back from Paris. Uh, how's your time there? I uh, really enjoyed my time there. I was born in Paris, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, I... Grew up in America, but I went back to Paris often. I was very happy to see my friends, see my family, see my dog Bordeaux. Such a cute little puppy. Um, and Your dog name is Bordeaux. Yeah. Oh, how, how precious. <laughs> He's the love of my life. I love him so much. Um, and then I went there and I was also confirmed to be a YSL ambassador. So it's so oh, amazing. Très bien. Uh, merci. Merci beaucoup. Uh, YSL, how exquisite. Uh, are you the head campaign model? Well, I, as an ambassador, I can be in campaigns, I can be in uh, commercials, I can be um, an ambassador, I can be anything truly for the brand. Whatever they ask me, I, I sign my name in blood, so I, I, I have to do it. Oh, wow. Uh what was the uh, séance ritual for YSL like? Uh, how much blood did you have to give them? I had to give them, a, a, how do the Americans say, a two pints of blood. Two pints? Oh. Yeah. And I had to wow. use it to um, write my name on, wow. on the contract. And okay. on the contract, it said that I cannot eat more than 12 almonds a month. Oh, très bien. Mm, how do you like your almond? Mm, I like them toasted with just just a fleck of salt because uh, anything else would just be a little bit too spicy, you know? Right, true. Uh, plus, uh, 
two flakes of salt is like half of a calorie. So exactly, I like to drink my calories. I don't want to eat them. It's not. It's not trashic, no. Trashic. Uh, speaking of trashic, you smoke uh, slim cigarettes, right? Um. Yes, I smoke the slims, but I also like um the digital, the digital cigarette. Mm. Oh, I love it. Uh. It's so naughty. Uh. How do the uh, Americans say uh, Jew? No, not the Jew. Like, like different kinds of vapes. I don't, I don't like the Jew because they don't have uh, the flavors in America anymore. Uh. Mm. I like the flavors. Is it? Is like. Another way for me to get uh, my calories. I'll smoke my calories. I'll drink my calories. But I don't want to eat my calories. Uh, What is your favorite flavor of the um, vapor? Mm. I always love like a tropical flavor. But um, mint is always good because it keeps your breath fresh. You know, when you're going to meetings and talking to people and... You know, yeah. you want to be you want to be a clean girl. You don't want to be, you know, bleh. yeah, right. Um, what else did you do in Paris? Um, well, me and Bardo, I took him to have dinner a couple of times with me. You took the dog to dinner. We, I took Bardo to dinner. Um, I spent time with my family. I went shopping, lots of, lots of, lots of shopping, like wow. too much, too much. I have no idea how I'm, I'm going to bring it all back with me. I think I oh might just goodness. move here, you know, I, I have a house wow. here, but I don't live here, you know, so, yeah. um, maybe I'll just move to Paris on, 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 you know. Uh, did you take private jets to Paris or did you fly commercial? You know, I, I believe in the green initiative, so, even though it's not chic, I will fly commercial. Um, oh, but yeah. I, I, I don't really like it. Even though it's right. like a, a first class seat, like a sleeper seat, right. I don't really like to fly commercial because it's, it's, it's just so many people that recognize me. It's not, it's not safe, right. but it's right. my contribution to the earth to not, you know, take a private jet. Um, wow. Or sometimes I will pull with my friends if they are coming to Paris. We will all get on private uh, jet together. Pool. Yes, plane pool, uh, wow. like Uber pool, like the people do. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, but like the pause. Yeah, the pause. Oh, um, not the pause. No, no. No, not the pause. No, they're not poor. That's not nice to call them that. They're people just like you and me. No. True. Très très bien. Uh, so you are such a humanitarian. For flying with um, the plebs. So, did you uh, meet up with anyone else famous on the YSL set? Um, I met with all five members of BTS, um, which is crazy because they're going to war soon. So, it's like nice to get to meet them. (laughs) Are they really going to war? Yeah, South Korea made I fucked up, but South Korea made them enlist. What? <laughs> that was like you gotta serve your country. Not this. Oh wow. Um, that's not. Funny, yeah, I. It's, it's not funny. funny. I feel so bad for them. Like, imagine Damn. you put South Korea on the map like that, and they still tell you to go to war. Like, and they still drafted you. Wow. 
Mm, cold world. Um, who? Yes, I did a shoot with uh, all five members of BTS. Um, wow. The Green Queen herself, Greta, she was there. Wow. It was very nice to meet her. Um, is she playing pool? Or did she take her No, boat? she did not play pool. She took a boat. Oh, wow. Um, or was it train? I don't remember. It was wow. it was a train or the boat. I don't, I don't remember. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and also, um, Jaden Smith, um, I did not, I did not understand what he was saying. Um, um I was very confused, but right. he's very handsome. So yeah, it, it was, it Plavia. was a, it was a good shoot. Okay. So cool. Thank you, Anzi. And that's the end of our game. <laughs> I broke character. <laughs> we lost it sometimes, but it was okay. Cause I really had to ask if BTS was going to war. <laughs> I've never heard that. I have to look that up after the show. Wow. Um, thank you so much for doing a fantastic French accent. I don't think mine was that good. Mine is so not listen back good. to that. Better than mine. And I'll give you 2,000 points for it. Oh, Not you skimping with the have, points. Like, we still have three more I games to play. I have to it's win. Any- I got to beat 16,000 at least. No one, Leo's. <laughs> I did look up the game board before we started this. Oh, you're a real fan. <laughs> so, from the outside looking in, it seems like you've been able to, like, find success despite this non-traditional path that you've been on. You know, college dropout, um, went to, like, a modeling school, which everybody's like, yeah, don't go to a modeling school. Um, you moved to New York, and even though Texas has, like, a big commercial industry, you kind of did these things for you. And looking back, if you had the knowledge that you have now, like, how to network, living in New York, the trials and tribulations of just being in the Northeast during the winter, mm-hmm. would you do anything differently? If I could go back, I would go bother the living daylights out of my father. Because my dad used to always, like, you know, his friends would say, oh, your daughter could be a model, da 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 and then he he feel big in his britches and he'd be like oh you know i'm gonna take you to milan one of these summers we'll just go to milan and walk around the fashion district and i'd be like oh my god one day my dad's gonna take me that nigga never took me so if i could go oh, back in time immigrant fathers okay promising too much i would <laughs> but we have traveled together and done so like mm-hmm. it it wasn't like it was impossible he just didn't right so, if I could go back, I would two-piece my father into taking me to Milan so that I could create a line of nepotism earlier. <laughs> a line of nepotism earlier. How beautiful. Have you ever been to Milan? Um, No, I haven't. I want to go so bad. Milano. Milano. Do you... Does that happen often where, you know, people just walk around the fashion district and, like, get discovered? Or is that, like, a myth in the urban legends? I feel like it would have... It works at the time when we were younger because mm-hmm. social media wasn't as big. You really, if you were going to mm-hmm. find a new model, it was either she walked through your doors or you saw her on the street. You're walking. Okay. Right. So my dad did have the right idea about that. But now mm-hmm. I definitely say, I don't think you're going to find your big break just walking around the fashion mm-hmm. district, but you might end up meeting someone like a a notable photographer like there's lots of street Mm -hmm. photographers in um, Mm -hmm. new york that like post up and 
certain places that people have kind of figured out. So they'll put on a nice little fit and go walk around Got there. Because some of them fit Instagram pictures. I'd be like, this is too contrived. Exactly. This is too contrived. I think some people have started to figure out where they'd be hanging out. So mm-hmm. they'll pull up in a fit. And also people just are generally in fits here. Oh, um, New York, yeah. Or um, street casting. They usually hang out at skate parks. At mm-hmm. um, If they know there's going to be like a store opening or something, they hang mm-hmm. out at museums. Just any, random like popular coffee shops. Just anywhere mm-hmm. where like beautiful people, beautiful young people hang out. Gather. Um, casting directors will usually be hanging out in, in the wind. Like okay. music festivals. Oh, my God. A lot of the um, relationships I built with casting directors started from music festivals. Mm. So it seems like you can't have a job for real in New York. Like you always have to be like available to just be like the whimsical girl at the coffee shop or the whimsical girl at Afropunk or, you know, the very beautiful like person in the bookstore who like, I'm totally not looking at the cast director. I'm looking in this book, but like also look at me so you can discover me. (laughs) That's what... It kind of feels like sometimes. It's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, it's either that or somebody finds you on Instagram. Mm. But. Uh, but if you on Instagram, you have to be active. You gotta be active. So you can't really have a job in New York. How the hell does anybody live there? Well, this is why the nepotism babies are Are, are thriving. Because uh. they have the money back the, to be able to do that. Or the girls mm. doing sex work or, you know, the scammers. Um, mm-hmm. Or you legitimately have been doing this long enough to have, you know, some sort of money, some sort of credit system built mm-hmm. up to where you can sustain your lifestyle living here. Mm-hmm. Or you're like most people where you work a job in like service where it's a little bit more flexible. Like you work at a restaurant mm-hmm. or people work. A lot of people work in nightlife. Um, okay. A lot of people like I used to do temp stuff like I was a secretary um, in mm-hmm. a lot of different places whenever they just needed a secretary and I needed hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you just got to hope and pray that when you get booked for something, it don't line up on the day of your regular job or you got to oh my gosh. sort it out and make it happen. Right. Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, in pre-show, you did tell me that living in New York is like hell on loop. Um why is that besides the rent there's anything besides that the rent for sure um also people are like people are unhinged but i feel like quote unquote post pandemic people are even yes yes people have lost their minds um okay and people are like genuinely just more irritable and Mm -hmm. angry so mm-hmm. it's like dealing with people on commutes or just like generally just being a human existing in the world. You're bound yeah. to get yelled at or someone try to yeah. like fight you over something minute. Right. Um, and you're just. And it's just a lot of people in New York. Exactly. Then it's like it just feels like it's never enough time in the day. Mm. Like, OK, I need to go work my regular job. I need to go um, do this shoot. But afterwards, I need to. um have a meeting with somebody on the west coast and i'm exhausted Mm -hmm. i don't feel like talking Mm -hmm. but i had to Mm -hmm. wait till this certain time of day when they would be available or um i'm coming home from work and i need to get ready for this event and the next day i have another event around the same time Mm -hmm. or i have work early the next morning so i need to be able to Mm -hmm. wait it's just like i need to do this so i can do this so i can do this so i can do this 
and no breathing time yeah sometimes there's no breathing time and that can get really exhausting like you can really burn yourself out that way mm-hmm. so that's why i say it's like hell on a loop because then nobody cares that you're like in pain right. or you're going through stuff because it's like you said you could do this though and i'm relying on you to do this because if you don't do this mm. for me i can't do this or this or this like you're fucking up somebody else's right. day how they've in the chain exactly so it's like a credit-based system in terms of like what you can do for others but also like payment because i know this conversation comes up every year on like around fashion week and everybody's like oh my god models don't get paid no models don't get paid like the life of a model sucks sounds like <laughs> I mean, it has its benefits, but, like, also, we have to be real with people about what you guys go through. It doesn't, like, it sucks at times, but I just feel like people make it a lot more glamorous than it is. Mm -hmm. They perceive it to be a lot more glamorous than it is. But it's a lot of work. I don't think people realize that. It's a lot of mental work. It's a lot of physical Mm -hmm. work. Um, Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it involves you not looking like you're uncomfortable when you're in situations Mm -hmm. where you are clearly very uncomfortable. Okay. Um, Whether that be shoots, whether that be meeting new people, whether that be walking Mm -hmm. a runway show and the shoes are coming off your feet or they're uncomfortable or there's a pin pricking you because somebody forgot to take it out or something. You just Mm got to fight through it. It is legit blood sweat and tears which is why i consider it to be a sport i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't consider it that way but i think it's a sport in terms of how you have to fight to get good representation about Mm -hmm. you know you could be a great player but if you're not at a good on a good team Team, like yeah fuck it fuck it you know so um also like the physical demand and like press and all of that um there's a lot that goes into it, and you most of the time aren't being paid for things, so you gotta you gotta really want it to get to the point mm. of being paid. And you're like, I really want it because you're still in the game. Well, I'm also at the point of being paid, so okay. <laughs> if I was at the point where I wouldn't get no money consistently, I I fear I would not be doing this. <laughs> Okay, so you're at the point that you're getting paid. Yeah. Um, I assumed you were getting some payment at this point. I didn't know you were like, yeah, I'm sustaining myself off of this now. Um, last year I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year not so much, but mm-hmm. that's because I took a step back. Okay. Cause I wanted to work on other things for a little bit, but I'm back. So okay, bitches better be scared. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, bitches should be scared. Yeah. And I'm ready for my pockets to be happy again. Cause modeling full time. What does like? Is... I was gonna say, what does modeling full time like? Can you give me an estimate of what that looks like? And you know, by the end of the year, like. Ooh. Um. Well, doing... if you're at your top peak, like Andy's top peak, most I've ever made. If I was really banging, you know, it's gonna sound no like breaks. no money. It's gonna sound like no money to like somebody who. Has a, has a real nigga job, but... Has a real nigga job. <laughs> Help. <laughs> but as a model, like, in a in an industry where you really don't get paid like that, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, but we could bleep it out, because I, okay, I don't want people out. to know. Um, That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. I just got a real nigga job, so I don't have too much room. But, like... In a basically contract industry, that's more than I make at my contract job. So I can't even like in a contract industry where it's like so fluctuating. I wouldn't say that's bad. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, that's not bad. Especially if it's like, you know, this is a contract work. Um, that's like not, two to know, three jobs a month. Okay. Yeah. That's actually, well, I don't know how much time and effort is per job, but like, I feel like you could sustain your- That's like you are a month. About. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. If they okay. pay you on time. If they pay you on time. Can we talk about that? Net 90, net 30, net 60? What the hell? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> that shit is hellish. And in the past, my management, um, who I'm hoping to get back with, but well, actually I'm getting back with her. It's already confirmed. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get out of this contract so we can mm. get back to work legally. But you know that's my lady but um she really my agent she really cares about me and she's very sweet and so when clients are late with my money she'll be like look I can give you um an advance of a percentage of Mm -hmm. this just so you can take care of your bills and handle things Mm -hmm. until the full um amount comes and I can give it to you um Mm -hmm. And she used to be a model, so she completely okay. understands, and she's, like, more of in a financially stable situation for her to be mm-hmm. able to do that um, mm-hmm. for us. But a lot of people don't have management like that. Right. Which is honestly Is what- this at the agency? The WS agency? Yes. Yeah, okay. we speak. Which is why I'm like, I gotta get back with them, because... <laughs> You left? I left. I left to try something new, and it did not go in my favor, so I'm going mm-hmm. right back home. Where the money at? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, Are you open to talking about what's going on and not working out, or is that a conversation for a later show? When the ink dries, we could talk about it. Got but it. Legally, I've already said too much. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I won't, I won't get you in trouble. But I do have something for you. It's our second game. Our second game is called Bad News. It's our fill-in-the-blank headline game. I've gathered the gross, strange, and the absolute worst headlines that I could find and turned in a game just for you. Are you ready? No. That's okay. I'm going to give it to you anyway. (laughs) So I'm basically going to give you a sentence. You're going to have to fill in the blank. Your first headline is, Woman charged with sending blank on deputies at eviction. Two words. Beehive. Close. But I'll give it to you. Bee swarm. Man, whatever. (laughs) Your second bad news headline. America's next top blank will soon be crowned. It's one word. Mullet. It is America's next top mullet. They have a competition every year, apparently, about, like, people just have mullets. And, yeah, they judge you on the length, the hair texture, which is very important. No stringy mullets. I did look it up. It was some nice looking mullets. I can't lie to you. Would you get a mullet? Hell yeah. I feel like that's in the black woman, like, rite of passage. The repertoire of hairstyles. Mm Mm-hmm. The auntie hairstyle. A mullet. Man returns overdue library book. Checked out by his grandfather blank years ago. How many years? Seventy. Mmm... You're close. It's 84. 84 years ago. I wasn't going to remember. <laughs> um, yeah, for some reason, I guess he was sent to avenge his grandfather and return the library book. <laughs> what basically happened was the library was like, oh, we're not going to do fines anymore. And he was like, great, I can finally get this off my conscience. Here's the book. He said, I must clear my family's name. 
I probably have a book that's checked out from 84 years ago, and I checked it out. I'm pretty bad at that. <laughs> I had a book checked out for 10 years. Damn. It was um, the monkeys jumping on the bed book. <laughs> you deprived other children of having the monkeys jumping on the bed book? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. They put a cap on it, though. So when we finally came to return it, they was like, mm. Mm. but also thank you for bringing it back. Finally. And it's still in good condition. Oh. So at least it was in good condition. Yeah. Because it was just sitting in a drawer. I hid it because I was like, oh, my God. So embarrassed. And I never took it back oh. to our local library. <laughs> I totally get that. Your next headline. Texas Pete hot sauce makers sued over famed product being from this state. What state is Texas Pete's hot sauce actually from? Kansas? Kentucky? Kentucky? <laughs> they be eating spicy food in Kentucky? Well, actually, I don't know that many Kentuckians. I can't make that claim. It's Texas. They be frying a mean chicken, so I would think they would want some hot sauce along with the chicken. That's so. that's fair. It's actually in North Carolina. But um, is Texas Pete, like, Texans' favorite hot sauce, or is that a myth? Uh, I think Crystal's. Because... Mm. A lot of people came from New Orleans Mm -hmm. um, after the hurricane and before the hurricane, too. So I feel like um, a lot of Texas culture is, like, a lot very Creole now. Mm -hmm. And our cousins from Louisiana brought over the crystals. crystals. (laughs) They did. We do enjoy crystals up here as well. Personally, though. Oh, what's your personal? I fuck with. Wow, it just left my head. Just like that. Describe it. Um, it's a glass bottle. Mm-hmm. It has a brown top. It's like a cork, but it's not. It screws on. Cholula? Cholula. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> Stay <laughs> off the weed. <laughs> it's because you be smoking that dope. <laughs> yes, it is because I be smoking that dope. Yes, I love Cholula. Um, the red one, the green one, all of them. I didn't They're know they delicious. had different ones. They're real nigga hot sauce. Real nigga hot sauce is Cholula. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Your final headline is North Dakota woman charged after bringing blank into bar. What did she bring into the bar? I'll give you a hint. It's an animal. A bear. Ooh, you're really close on that one. It's a raccoon. I was. That was gonna be my next <laughs> one. A bear, a raccoon, or a possum. Possum? I would have taken possum. Yeah, I don't know why she... She Mm -hmm. had it as a pet, actually. I do know why. She said she found it, and they bonded, and that's her man's. White people love coons. Um, all right, and that is the end of our game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. White people do love coons. Double on Andre. So I had 2,000 before. What's up now? Well, you know what? You were close in a lot of them. I'll give you I'll give you five for that. So, okay, so brings up seven thousand brings up your total to seven thousand. Not you micromanaging the end of these points. <laughs> it brings your total up to seven thousand. I'm going to get the point. You're gonna win. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna win, but, but you want to be on the board. Okay, I want to be high on the board. I'll give you that. Um, so we talked a lot before about like how people kind of have a perception that modeling isn't a sport. That modeling, you know, it's just about being pretty and there's not really any effort put into it. And I think a lot of young girls especially have like this very rosy outlook of what modeling looks like. Even though with, you know, all the TikToks and Instagrams and people being like modeling exposed. Um, 
and what it looks like or what it's going to be. And they're instantly going to be walking for these big brands. But you can contest to like, it takes a lot of dedication, like takes a lot of time. Um, how long would you say it took you personally before you walked for your first, like what you consider big brand? I'd say I didn't really start walking shows like on the fashion week board, like mm-hmm. New York fashion week board until like 2018, mm. 2019. And I moved here 2016, mm-hmm. so it took, like, a good two years. And the New York fashion board was, like, hustling. all big, big brands, pretty much? No. Oh, okay. Um, New York Fashion Week has more smaller brands, newer up-and-coming brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are already established, okay. like, behind the scenes. Okay. Because a lot of them, the brands were started by people that worked under big fashion houses okay. and they decided to go out on their own. So they already have the eyes and the connections. It's just the budget you okay. know, ain't hitting the way. All right. It could be hitting. Got it, got it, got it. So it's not necessarily like, you know, somebody's Instagram Hanes t-shirt business screen printing that gets on the Fashion Week board. Like there's there's a networking process that goes into it beforehand. Yeah, you have to submit um months in advance Mm -hmm. not necessarily the clothes and the whole um concept Mm -hmm. but you have to submit your brand for consideration okay um i don't know exactly what goes into that process but i know that it is a lot of typing fast Mm. and talking about your brand and how much you're yielding Mm. and what your community looks like Mm -hmm. and what the world that you're going to build for the next season will potentially look like mm-hmm. and all of that. Okay. So it took you about two years to get on the fashion week board. Um, on the modeling side, like what does New York fashion, I've heard it's insane. I've never been in New York for New York fashion week. Feels like a nightmare in waiting. What does like <laughs> casting look like? What does like just experiencing New York fashion week? Like, can you take me back to your first one or like your most, uh, your most memorable one actually? My most memorable one was fall, winter 21, Mm -hmm. which they say the year ahead, but it's actually the year 2020. So that was one of my favorites because, was it, was it then? No, it was actually September. Okay. September. So it would have been um, summer spring 21 okay so i walked four shows Mm -hmm. and that was like the most castings i'd ever been to (laughs) that was the most shows i'd ever walked and that was honestly the most tired i'd ever been Mm -hmm. in my life but it also felt like things were really starting to like happen for me and um i always say that fashion week feels like a family reunion Mm -hmm. Because you see people from all over (laughs) that you haven't seen in a long time Mm -hmm. or people from the internet or people that are like recluses in the city that you don't really see all that often. It's like, oh shit, you're you're here at the show or you're at the after party Mm -hmm. or you're at this. So it's like a nice family Mm -hmm. reunion. How many castings did you have to go to to get those four shows? I will give you a rounded number, but honestly, they kind of blur together. Um, when I would get comp cards, I would buy 20 at a time, mm-hmm. which I probably should have bought more at a time. But I mean, most times 
clients don't really care to see uh, your comp card unless it's fashion week. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm buying these strictly for fashion right. week. And by the time I was done, I gave all of them away. So comp card, um, for people who don't know, is just your digitals placed on a single, like, not 8 by 11 but something a little smaller than that, right? Yeah, it, it could be anywhere from, like, 8 by 11 to, like, 2 by 5 And it just has all your digitals, um, which is just kind of like a fresh face photo. Has your measurements, your name, contact info, agency contact info. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Look, I did my well. I do my research. I did a little I I strictly went into modeling briefly just so I could have this interview with you. I had I had the plan already. That's why <laughs> oh I, that's why I subjected myself to that. <laughs> um so you printed out twenty comp cards, so you'd say you went to about twenty castings and then like about. received about four. Um, Mm -hmm. it seems like you put in a lot of effort, not necessarily you specifically, but like in general models will put forth all of this effort and do an excess of things just to get like the 10%. Is that just like a general rule? Like, yes, you are not going to get all 20 castings that you go to. And how do you deal with like the repercussions of, I, I mean, if I, if I can relate in any way, not that I've ever been to a casting, but like just a hit to the self-esteem where, you know, you apply for something, you don't get it. How do you deal with that self-esteem hit afterwards? Whew. That's a good question. Um, earlier on, it would really bother me when I wouldn't get uh, confirmed for jobs, but now it bothers me less. And I think that it just comes with time mm-hmm. and knowing what you're capable of doing. Mm. And also... Um, in terms of modeling, I feel like it's easier to swallow because most of the time you don't get booked. It's because they already booked someone that looks like you. Mm. It's not because you're not competent, mm-hmm. you're not worthy, you're not a good fit. It's that, especially for beauty mm-hmm. work, like we already have a dark skinned girl mm. with um, hair that's your texture. Mm. You know, we're not going to get another one because we need to book a redhead and we need to book an Asian. Mm. Um, There's only so androgynous many, person. Only and, so many slots for the diversity hires. Exactly. Got it. And I, w- I don't say that like, or I don't think of that in a like comp- competitive way. Mm-hmm. I think about that in just like a, it's just business. Right. And I can't change what this client wants Mm -hmm. i can only present the best version of myself Mm -hmm. and if you want to book me you want to book me if not then i i can't do anything to make you not like i can't go get plastic surgery Mm -hmm. i can't change the way that i talk i can't change the way that i walk Mm -hmm. i can't change the way that my measurements are tomorrow right to fit your brand it just exactly that's probably gonna die out in (sighs) a couple years no shade but like brands aren't forever Mm. People are forever. Right. I'm I'm not forever, but I'm going to live longer than a brand probably mm. will. Yeah. That's highly likely. Especially when um, we see this. I don't know if it relates to... Well, yeah, fast fashion comes and go. I think the same thing with, like, fast beauty. I mean, every fucking celebrity's got a skincare brand, a beauty brand, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they last two years. They burn out. And then they move on to something different. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like you feel decently secure in that answer that you gave me but it also feels like that was a secure answer that came over time um you oh yeah probably didn't always (laughs) feel like that no i didn't um i used to take that shit real personally Mm -hmm. like i would go through spouts of depression like what can i do like what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. like 
oh my god nothing is going in my favor Mm -hmm. and other people are getting work and then it'd be like it became a really big thing about colorism Mm -hmm. for me and like i was just driving myself crazy right and i finally just got to a point where i'm like i am who i am i think i'm great Mm -hmm. for the most part like if the niggas don't want to get with the winning team okay uh what Drake say you're lost you're lost fuck drake but you're lost (laughs) yes I'm gonna get y'all in trouble. Let me stop saying. <laughs> I'm saying people's names. I keep having this uh, <laughs> this insane uh, premonition that Drake mentions 1.5 lesbians on something. I think it's because he had a lesbian bar one time. But I keep having this insane premonition that Drake like mentions 1.5 lesbians on some album, and it scares the heebie-jeebies out of me. It's very possible. I feel like he would listen. I feel like it hurts his feelings sometimes. Um, he would listen until he gets his feelings hurt. Yeah. And then he would turn it off and be like, I'm rich. Like, fuck this. <laughs> and I feel like that's how you feel. You're like, I'm rich in spirit. Fuck this brand. And move about my business. Much. Yeah. And ultimately, like, you're probably going to need me in a couple months, mm. in a couple weeks. Mm. Yeah. I, man, you really got, not not to sound like a preacher, you know, <laughs> You really got to build the self-confidence up in yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, modeling is not for the weak. Mm. Um, this shit will have you sitting in your bed crying, thinking your entire life. Like, <laughs> every time I would not get a job, I would end up, like, staying in bed for days on end. Mm-hmm. Just like, what is wrong with me? Mm. What am I doing? When will things happen for me? Um Because I feel like it's one of the few fields Mm -hmm. in the world where, like, you can be talented and people will deny that you're talented because you are not introduced to them by the right person. Mm. You may not come in the package that they were expecting. Mm -hmm. You may not even look like someone that they're used to seeing in this position. Right. So they're just going to discount you. Right. Whereas, like, if you're an athlete, like... If you're a good athlete, they cannot discount that. Right. If you're a good musician, like you could try to get people to replicate the sounds, but it's never going to sound the way the original right. does. But as a model, they always feel like, oh, I could just get someone that looks kind of like you right. to replace you. And it's never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we've talked before about how the industry pretty much runs off free labor. Do you think that plays a factor into why people just kind of discount models' uh, abilities don't credit it as like the sport that it is um and just kind of feel like you know it's replaceable it's a model for sure for sure um i think that people see models as replaceable until they become celebrities Mm. until they become larger than life and they have this whole like um persona and quote-unquote brand Mm. around them like nobody is ever going to try to book bella for no money right no one is ever going to discount what Bella Hadid does, mm-hmm. right? But why would you try to discount a model that may do a lot of commercial work and is put on that same, like, level of, hmm, how do I say it? Like, intensity mm-hmm. in the work environment. Right. Not necessarily, like, fans or, like, press and stuff, but just, like, the intensity to want, I want what I paid for. Right. I want good images, I want good video, I want good whatever. Um, you know, and people are like, oh, 
you know, we could just replace her. She doesn't, she's not, you know, that's too expensive for mm. us. We don't want that. But they would pay, or, you, know, you know, exuberant amounts for someone who quote unquote has a brand or quote unquote exactly. is a celebrity. Exactly. And you talked about like having to work for free a lot of times. I hear that from a lot of other creatives too. Photographers talk about how, you know, you gotta have to pay your dues and work for free. DJs. Um, anything that there's kind of, I don't want to say overabundance of, but there's a low barrier to entry. Um, how does this industry just continue to survive off basically debt, credit? I know that's like how the United States is running, but like, how does this industry continue to like survive off of just everybody's like, oh, I owe you one. I owe you one. I owe you one. Um, it's, I owe you one until, you know, you pitch to a client. Um, or a client comes to you and they're like, hey, I have an idea for this, you know, job. Like, can you, you know, give me a board related to it? Let's come up mm-hmm. with a concept related to it. Um, I'll allow you to pick your own team. Right. Or you can pick your own production team mm. or you can cast. Mm-hmm. So then you have the opportunity then to be like, hey, um, you helped me do production for the last shoot. Right. Or you helped me um, with... Uh, lighting last time mm-hmm. or you were my assistant last time so i can hire you again okay. this time got it or you did a free shoot for me last week and this you know clothing line just reached out to me and they're sending me the clothes and i don't have a model and you know it's not the biggest rate but it's something mm-hmm. do you want to do it mm-hmm. so eventually money comes like <laughs> two times somebody will ask you to work for free on the third time there better be some money involved or don't ask me yeah ask how do you else. like how do you politely turn down something that's just constantly for free? Are you just like, I can't? Or like, you know, do you stop talking to them? How do you like do it so it's not super personal, but it's like, yo, you don't got no money. So like, we can't be work friends. To me, it's, sorry, I can't afford to do this right now. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not taking work right now that's not paid. Mm. So sorry. I hope you find the person that you're looking for. Boom. Setting boundaries, hard boundaries. Yeah. Is that uh, or you can say uh, this time I can't do it for you, but you know, right? Maybe in two weeks I'll be in a better place right. and I can be able to do this for you, but I can't do this right now. So like trying to do it in a way that's not so personal, and that definitely also sounds like it's come with time and experience. Like, do you think I don't know at eighteen you'd be able to say that to somebody, or you're just like got to get my face out there? Mm, at eighteen, uh, it would have really depended on the brand. Mm. Okay. I've always been very selective okay. of what brands I align myself with yeah. or what people I align myself with. So if it, if I felt like I was going to get good imagery out of it mm-hmm. or good video out of it, I might have been like, all right, okay. fuck it. I'll take the L <laughs> this one time or the second time. Mm-hmm. But for me, like if you, for real, don't ask on the third time. <laughs> if it's no money, do not hit me up. Do not. Do not. I want to transition a little bit to your creative writing and musical inclinedness. Um, so how do you find time to balance like, you know, songwriting, regular writing with your modeling career? Um, and how like, like, what's the ratio of how you're doing things now? Are you like 90% modeling and 10% writing in music? Or is it a 50-50 split? Um, at one point, it was a 50-50 split. <laughs> which was harmony (laughs) and now it's like 90 10 Mm -hmm. 90 percent modeling 10 percent music Mm -hmm. but i am hoping 
that once I get back with um, my old agency, I will be able to work like a little bit less mm-hmm. because the jobs will pay a little bit more okay. so that I can have time to like quiet my brain right. and actually sit down and make music. Because I don't know about you, but when I try to do things that require brain power, <laughs> if my brain feels like it's all over the place, mm. the work is going to be all over the mm-hmm. place. And I don't want to put my name on that. Fair. Yeah. So I know you went to school for journalism and then changed to creative writing. Um, how does the creative writing process like influence your music? And are you interested in eventually going back to like like doing like um not journalism type stuff but like novels short stories publishings or are you transitioning your creative writing into more of a musical sphere um i definitely want to put myself on a hottie program when i start making some real nigga money um <laughs> what is a hottie program to something <laughs> the hottie program for me is that i will be modeling and going to school okay which is oh. very stressful <laughs> but like she was on to something there. Kind of snapped. She was hungry. She was I hungry. Be that. <laughs> yeah. So you would go back to school and finish creative writing? Yeah. Okay. And then I would get into trying to publish like short stories um, as well as like trying to get more into the interview space, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, well, you oh, interview I me. I all these niggas. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> that would be a good ass interview. Can interview me it would be a good interview farming because i have a lot of stupid inf- not stupid but like random little information saved about you that's <laughs> both endearing and both creepy but it's the right amount of creepy <laughs> Damn. i have little information stored about you um flattered truly that someone is thinking of me because you interesting am i really how yeah how delightful <laughs> like you on a hottie program too I am on. I'm, I don't know how you would culinary school this job, the side job, being Leo's mother, the farm, being Leo's mother, I, <laughs> the most taxing of all of them. He just like woke up and like stared at me when he saw his name. Um, how do I do it? And literally the hottie program. You gotta want it. You gotta be hungry. Can't mm-hmm. hold you. Mm-hmm. You gotta be hungry for something. Um, I don't know. I just. And I think we share that, and I don't know if it's just a Leo trait or is it a Capricorn rising trait for me, but like, you know, that ambition to that ambition to be larger than life um, keeps me going. And also, like, my future goals and what I'm interested in doing in the future, like, where I'm, what I'm interested in, what property I want, like an acreage. I know that these things are going to cost money, um, but also just knowing that I want to feel fulfilled. I'm totally like. I'm totally convinced that this is the last time I'm going to be on Earth. So I'm like, I gotta do all this shit. So that's why I do what I do. Why do you do what you do? What what drives you? When I was younger, I would say, my haters are my motivators. <laughs> you, know? you were on Tumblr, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was. But now that I'm older... The desire for comfort mm. is what drives me, honestly. Like, I want to be able to say, once a month, I want to go on a trip. Mm-hmm. I want to pack up and just go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to, like, 
help my aunt put my nephews through school mm-hmm. you know if they decide if she decides she doesn't want them to go to public school mm-hmm. i want to be able to help her put them mm-hmm. in a private school or like help her put money aside for them right. to go to college or whatever i want to be the <laughs> the auntie that never comes to <laughs> holiday functions but there's always a gift for you mm. waiting from her <laughs> I want to be the auntie for my friends that I'm like, hey, send your kid to me in Paris for the month. Oh. I'm stationed here for the month. Send your baby. Um, I'll, I'll show him around, give him a good time. It'll be fun. And because I always had like aunts and uncles like that. That's how I got to see the world a lot when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. My parents would just ship me off to one of their friends <laughs> and God knows where, one of their siblings. And then right. say, here's a Metro card or here's give my sister some money for gas and mm-hmm. say explore while I'm at work have wow. fun bye um I want to do that and I want to be comfortable while I do it right. I want to be checking my credit balance every three seconds or checking you know my account like damn like can I do this can I not see the trick to Plus, that is just don't check it other people <laughs> you're you're right you're right but then you get in trouble when you try to buy stuff you like wait <laughs> decline <laughs> That's not cute. I also want to give money to other people. Like, you know, it's hard for niggas to find money to Mm. just do what we want. Right. For housing, for school, for projects. Like, real philanthropy bullshit. Yeah, the amount of work that you have to put into grants to Mm -hmm. not even, you know, or scholarships to not even for sure get that back. Right. I want to eventually create programs where people don't have to write all that bullshit, right. honestly. And I can just give people money. Right. Because ultimately, if you're asking for it, you probably need it. Right. And I don't really need to know what it's for. Right. I just need to know that I helped someone. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Um, I know that we briefly talked about like your artist rehabilitation project and model rehabilitation project. And you know, you'll have your dome in the rainforest. <laughs> Where you would just invite people and they can like deprogram their brain from having to live in like major city and like the noise. Um, is that still something that you're interested in doing? Hell fucking yeah, brother. <laughs> I want people to come like, oh my gosh, I'm working on my novel and I've just had such a hard time like being in Chicago or whatever <laughs> or LA or in new york trying to finish it and i'm like all right come to my come to my dome home in brazil right and then i'm like yeah give me your phone (laughs) (laughs) it's a no phone zone yes you could keep the laptop for work but we are no phones for at least eight hours Mm. of the day or at least six to eight hours of the day that's fair your phone is locked up Mm -hmm. and then we were working on editing. Mm. We are working on, like, just little exercises, writing exercises and things. Mm-hmm. We're listening to some soft tunes, you know. But not just, like, straight up working on what they're working on. Like, there might be time for people to try pottery or for mm. people to paint or for people to come with me into my garden mm. and help me in my garden. So really, so like, the holistic artist experience. Bring exactly. that back. Bring back artists going through the woods for six months to like work on a project with exactly. no influence from the outside world. I've been reading a lot of like bio. Pretty much my whole life, I've been really interested in like people's biographies, mm-hmm. especially when they um, have the ability to write them themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and I just finished um, James Baldwin's mm. biography. I, sh- I said James Baldwin. I'm so sorry, black people. I mean Langston Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Please I'm so sorry. No, we're keeping that in. I'm so sorry, you black people. <laughs> it's because you said I'm so sorry, black people. That killed me. I I don't know why I love that's like my type of humor. It's just like just the most ridiculous things. I'm sorry, black people. I feel like Barbara in Abbott Elementary. Yeah, confusing <laughs> confusing white people. Um, but I just finished the Langston Hughes. God damn. I'm sorry. Like, biography. Cool. And it is so amazing to me because this man was barely in the United States. I never knew that. Mm. People don't really like talk about that mm-hmm. or we didn't really talk about it like when we do black history things right. or whatever. It'd always be like poems and the Harlem Renaissance right. and that's it. But that nigga was not in Harlem this man, like that. He was not in Harlem like that. When I tell you this man was in all the Uzbekistan in Russia. He was moving all through Russia. He was moving through Asia. He was moving through Cuba. He was moving through Haiti. He was he was just literally just like, yeah, I just brought my typewriter. I'm here. I'm trying to write. What know? a life. I got a, I got $200. You know, I'm going to write some stuff. Back when $200 Right. I'm going to try to get it published here. Wow. You know, that way I can go back to New York and have some money. And then, you know, he was just meeting people along the way that was like, yeah, you can stay at our house. Wow. Yeah, you can stay here. That's fine. The 1900s. Yeah, cool. Different time. Different time. But I just love the fact that, like, from the beginning to the end of the book, he really changed. Mm-hmm. Just simply by being off the grid, away from what mm. he was used to, indulging in different cultures, mm-hmm. indulging in different music, mm-hmm. different environments. And it created a whole a whole different kind of work. Wow. Would you, um, when you put out your album, <laughs> um, dum, dum, dum. whatever that is, and I won't, I won't push you for a complete date or anything like that, but would you, I'm sorry, Adriana, <laughs> would you do anything like that? Like go off the grid? Like where's your dream place to work on your body of music that will be published? Um, and also, like, what are your dream collabs that you feel are, like, within grasp? You're like, I could probably get this person on my album if I really tried. Like, who are those dream collabs? Because everybody mm-hmm. says Beyonce. I'm like, you're not getting Beyonce on your album. Just be real. Like, no. who's somebody who you're like, Uh-oh. I know this person or I know a friend of a friend of a friend and they're within reach? I have... In my mind, I think I have two more EPs to go before I'm ready for an album. Okay. Just put in, put my dues in, okay, you know, that's fair. in, in this reality, right, that we've, we're creating, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm two EPs in, I feel much stronger, um, about music, I can see myself, I would love to have Steve Lacey, mm-hmm. of course, um, Raven, mm-hmm. Lene, I feel like that would be we just be yeah you guys have great you guys would have great harmonies and can actually sing yes. y'all i remember we hung out and then you just built it into song in the uber and i was like this singing ass nigga <laughs> <laughs> yes yes niggas that sing will sing anywhere um continue yes, i will sing anywhere um i would love to collaborate with hallie okay if she's still making music okay if she's still into that um, Willow, I would love to mm-hmm. 
collaborate with Willow. Mm. Um, who else I got? Dochi. I love Dochi. Dochi can blow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dochi can sing. That's a singer right um, there. Tate. Baby Tate. Mm-hmm. I would love to make music with her. Um, I think she's fun. Kia. I don't know Kia. I feel like you would fuck with Kia's okay. music. I'll get into it. And what's the location where you guys are all at, too? Like, give me the whole setting. Like, where are you guys... Where's your artist commune where you guys are just making this music? Iceland. Iceland. Have you ever been to Iceland? No. Oh. I hear it's beautiful. I've never been. I've heard it's beautiful, too. I mean... My Instagram Explore page is, you know, they be listening to me. So it's just a whole mm. bunch of stuff about Iceland right now. Traveling mm-hmm. there, um, volcanoes what was and that, all of that. Um, there was like, I really wanted to go at some time. But then the, no, it was WOW Airlines. They used to have cheap ass flights from D.C. to Iceland. I was like, I'm going to book one. And then they went out of business. I wonder why. Probably nobody was going to Iceland. I think it's not that people wasn't going to Iceland. Maybe that wasn't a reputable, you know, airline. Why was it oh. so cheap? True. I was like 264 to Iceland, both ways. Mm, am you I had flying? to use your feet to start the plane. <laughs> like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, everybody, right foot, left foot. Let's go. Right, 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 right left, right, left, right, left, right, left. The um, ones that are cheap, they be getting you back in blood when it comes to the bags. With the baggage. Mm-hmm. What do you mm. usually fly when you go on modeling excursions? Delta or American. Okay, money. Yes. Mm, I'm not paying for the flight. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Iceland writing this music. Um, mm-hmm. Hot spring? No hot spring. Hot spring. I feel like we'd be between Iceland and like Jamaica. Okay. So there's a there's a juxtaposition. I want something beautiful, but I'm not trying to be cold the whole time. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I asked probably do the writing like in Iceland and then mm-hmm. actually record in Jamaica because it's better for your voice to be somewhere warm rather oh, than somewhere that. cold where I could potentially get sick or. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants to be bundled up in the studio. No, that's not fun. Are you making new music now or are you kind of putting that on hold? I know you said it was like 10% of your daily duties. I am working on new music. Um, I recently connected with some like friends from back home Mm -hmm. and they are crazy talented musicians. So every Mm -hmm. time I come home, I'm like making new music with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have some friends here that are like, getting back into making music it's like everybody kind of took a little break you know mentally Mm -hmm. so um they're also like getting back into like production and stuff so i've Mm -hmm. been making music with them and it's it's nice it's ultimately just like making music with friends Mm. and i want to expand to new people Mm -hmm. i'll get there you know maybe but Right now, I'm just making music with people I'm comfortable with and understand the language that I'm trying to speak. Right. What is that um, language that you feel like you're trying to speak through your music? I feel like my last EP, the language I was speaking was, I finished something. (laughs) It wasn't even like... There were elements of it that I really enjoyed, but I feel like ultimately... 
because it was just with one other producer it was Mm -hmm. just like his perspective and my perspective Mm. and I feel like it kind of became a little bit more of his perspective okay not in a bad way but just because he was like more experienced than I was Mm -hmm. um and with this next project I want the language to be look what I've learned Mm. not necessarily look at me but like me applying everything that I've learned between now and then into like the next project that's fantastic um speaking of singing it's time for our next game all right our third game i've renamed it welcome to 1.5 production studios um it's run by me and adriana we make movies here and i have this movie in mind but because i can't sing i need your help so i'm writing a black exploitation film and i'm building it from scratch and then i'll let you know the details and then you can maybe improvise a theme song for my movie That sounds right up my alley. All right. So picture it. Main character is an office worker. Her name is Cinnamon Brown. She faxes papers by day, but kicks ass by night. Her love interest, an enemies to lover sequence featuring her upstairs neighbor, Sheila. Plot twist, they fought over the same man before. The villain, a food delivery guy who's been secretly poisoning people in the community. I talk with my hands. (laughs) I wish I was in your brain sometimes. My brain, literally chaotic. In the overarching plot, Cinnamon has discovered an undercover population control plot that killed her cousin, and she's out for revenge. She'll be forced to team up and eventually fall in love with her neighbor Sheila, who also lost her mother to the same crime. The possible villain keeps shifting throughout the movie, but they finally track it down to being the food delivery guy. Still Still in the works. But I'll let you hear the theme song, and then maybe you can improvise something for me? Alright, I'll let you hear it a few times. Cinnamon. Spice and everything nice. She's on the chase. Watch out. Watch your back. She's on the track. Such a lovely frame. And she knows the game. She's a lady by day. A soldier at sundown. Watch your back. She's on your track. Bad so bad. Damn. Dangerous. Watch your back. She's on your track. She's coming for you. Food delivery, dude. Hey. That was good. <laughs> Food delivery, dude. Food delivery, dude. That was so good. Thanks so much for making that theme song for me, Anzi. I think we're going to use that as the final cut in our movie. So I'll give you 10,000 points for that. Why not? Mm, Who's seeing her? I'll argue. (laughs) I gave you 10,000 points because you're the first person that sang live on this show. So I think that's worth like, that's worth a good amount of, I was going to say money. I I could like sing for real, but that was just like talking, you know, because I feel like they would be talking kind of in the. Yeah, they'd be like, ah, ooh, ah, ah, skitty, scat, 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 like pootie tang. Like, yeah, they was rapping. Like, that was was rap before rap started. (laughs) They was Kendrick Lamar before Kendrick. Mmm, your mind, third eye open, my queen. Understand, overstand. I overstand, you know? (laughs) Grand Rising, my people. Grand Rising, Queen. Um, yeah, that's my main problem now. I have to stop. Like, I think I'm gonna buzz my head 
because the locks and then I'd be wearing Afrocentric print and don't let them stop you. They'd be like, my queen, are you ready to heal me? It's like, no. Just carry a taser. Be like, Zzz. they'd be like, Whoop. I'm a t- I'm a heal I'm a heal you. <laughs> Maybe you can shock their brains back to reality. To back to normal. That reminds me of a question I was gonna ask. Um, does like I know appearance is everything in modeling, but it does it sometimes pigeonhole you because I know you were talking about your like very first agent pretty much was like African girls are so in like does that pigeonhole you because people are like oh my god you're African so like I have to put you in this type of modeling gig and how do you get out of that if so we don't nobody even realize I mean the people who know me Mm -hmm. and like maybe the people that see me online talking about it but casting directors who don't know me or just like clients that don't know me they just be like oh yeah she from texas anyway i'm screaming okay that's good kind of it's good but it is good like because i am ultimately just a negro from texas right right but it also kind of leaves me stuck in a commercial box because Mm. they're like oh you're not necessarily exotic enough to be Mm a high fashion girl i'm like, okay i end up being in more of like the girls next door kind of jobs okay which is stupid because mm. anybody who's talented should be able to do the job period right. it shouldn't be based on if i was born in south sudan or if i was born in paris or right. if i had actually been born in cameroon it shouldn't okay. matter if i can do the job mm. Because I, I know another friend of mine actually changed her legal name to something sounding like to her middle name that sounded more exotic. And she started picking up work immediately. Like the I believe different, it. The difference was literally night and day. I was like, this is the same person. I mean, I would say I don't have a very like common name. You're right. But still dealing with people thinking that I'm just from... America again. There's nothing wrong with that because I was born in Texas. I am right. American, but it's but not I'm the exotic backstories. That's not the exotic backstory that they want. Exactly. I'm sorry. I was not a refugee. Yeah, I, I think that that is common in because I was reading. I think it was a debt story. Yeah, because I I'm thinking about a debt story, and I feel like it's paraded around as well as like there's nothing wrong with. Their stories, but I think that those stories get paraded around because it gives us like white savior complex. Look how I re- mm-hmm. rescued this poor African girl from under, you know, a tree and brought her to the civilized nation. And then I gave her this great job as a model. Like, you know, I did such a dutiful and now she's making millions of dollars. You know, I made I did such a kind mm-hmm. contribution. Um, I think that those are the it's stories. honestly I mean, not just African girls either. They went through that as well with the Brazilian girls. Like, oh, right. no, we picked them up from the favela and brought them right. to like, the height of their career. Right. Or even the Russian girls or like the mm-hmm. Eastern European girls. It's like, you know, these girls had no opportunity, but because they were so beautiful, like we gave them a chance over here. Those stories often get fetishized and come mm-hmm. and they're easily packageable. You know, why can't you American who, you know, had such luxury to be born here? Why can't you do something as great as these people? A little bit of a double-edged sword, it feels like. It definitely is. And definitely not a phenomenon unique to modeling, I think. Um, they do that in academia as well. Like Academia, sports. Yeah. Hell. Forbes Everything. 40 under 40 or whatever, 20 under 20 or what the hell ever it mm-hmm. is now. You know, the the more brutal, I don't want to say brutal, but the 
the my more mom like ex- put me in a basket and and floated me, me down the river or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like you know, these like larger than life stories that don't like encompass a lot of people's experience. It's like, well, if they can do it, why can't you? Um, because they had people who believed in them, and I have you in my face asking me wh- <laughs> why I'm I don't have an African accent. Oh God, has people asked you about before? Yeah. Wow. Like, I thought you were born in Cameroon. You don't have an accent. I said, I'm born in Texas, babe. They said, why don't you have a southern accent? Because I grew up in the suburbs. Oh. <laughs> but it's not exotic. Like, have you ever thought about- grow up in the country? Have yeah. you ever thought about putting on a Texas a- accent for more work? Or um, I thought about it, but I feel like that would also further hinder me. Mm. So People do think, like, southerners are backwards, a little, like, stupid and all that. All the mm-hmm. stuff that comes with that, so mm-hmm it's a lose-lose situation it is that's why i'm just myself because if i'm gonna <laughs> lose i'd rather lose being me that is They're true pretending. words of wisdom yeah because then it's like hmm i lost being somebody else but like could i have one being myself mm. asking the right questions speaking of uh bumafuck we talked about before like your desire to move to west bumafuck where's west bumafuck for you that you're like yeah i'd move here um, if I have to stay in the United States, West above a fuck for me is probably going to be somewhere in or around Colorado. Okay. Not necessarily in the city, but like, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in a nice little cabin house, maybe not too high in the mountains because I'm not trying to drive down the mountains in the snow. Also, the um, nosebleeds. Ugh. Exactly. Somewhere like in a valley, mm-hmm. which I know is prone to flooding. I know, but like <laughs> I was like I was itching, but I was like I won't mm-hmm. involve environmental concerns. <laughs> but it's not like it's not gonna be my forever home. This would mm. probably be like a a home I'm renting or like mm-hmm. an Airbnb, Airbnb I'm at for like a year or two, right? And that's me, um, my escape for a little bit, mm-hmm. or like. New Mexico. Mm. Uh, but if I were to do it internationally, I'd probably go to like Sweden mm. or like Berlin. Them cold places. Jeez. Berlin's I nice. Know. It's cold, but there's a lot of opportunity there in terms of like um, artist residencies. Oh, okay. So, you know. Berlin's nice. Sweden's also nice. Very like beautiful picturesque i can see how an artist residency would be like cute there mm-hmm. but the forever place i would love for it to be somewhere in the caribbean or somewhere in africa mm-hmm. but them niggas homophobic and what if i don't end up with a man like that is a possibility that's, yeah that's so, very true how am i supposed to live my life right with my partner i think about that often for myself like I'm like, okay, it's getting slim pickings if it's going to be a man. Very slim pickings. Like, it's literally one guy and the everybody hates Chris nigga. Like, that's the last two in the basket. I will take Tyler James Williams. Yes, I will take him. If he's single, he can call me. He can call me anytime, actually. Yeah. Actually, no. I'm sorry. I mean, it depends on if he has a, if he likes tall women. 
because I saw a video of him getting dressed for some award show. Oh, he was getting and- short. Do you run into that a lot? Let's talk tall people things. Um, Especially like tall women things. Does that like hinder your dating life? Yeah, let's get into your dating life. Um, Does that hinder you? Because I feel like I always have a problem with people being like, yeah, like you're kind of too tall for me. Or like don't wear heels. Especially if I'm like dating men. Well, for me, when it comes to men, like... I think a lot of them are into it because they're like, oh, you're a model. Like, you're taller than okay. me. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. They'll be a little insecure about it, but they're like, you're like a little trophy. Like, okay. Look at you. So shiny and tall. <laughs> <laughs> you're tall because you're a model. You're not just like freakishly tall for no reason. Yeah, but I feel like if that wasn't my job, they would be like, so. Yeah. Can you, can you put on some flats? Mo, <laughs> you are speaking <laughs> to me. Yeah yeah why Why you gotta do that like why you gotta upstage me like just right sorry <laughs> grow up literally that's so funny literally um but i don't mind the shorties what's dating in new york like everyone says it's gay utopia but i fear that's not true it is gay utopia if you're trying to have casual sex okay <laughs> but it's very hard to like get into relationships here i think Mm. because there's always somebody else more attractive more interesting around Mm. the corner and Mm. it's like okay i like this person i may have sought them out you know wanting to get to know them and then i get to know them and it's like okay i know you shit now oh so i don't know this person shits they seem like this mystical perfect being Mm. i'm gonna go after that instead of you and okay. it's kind of like that cycle of just like picking up people mm. that are amazing because there's so many amazing people that are here. But then so there's always someone up... more exactly. land of opportunity. Exactly. And then there's, you know, just the general like people not being in a space to be in a relationship or like. Right. Yeah, I think because of the cost of living and the age range a lot of people right now are just like i am gonna have fun with people right and i'm not trying to be in a relationship yeah because who has the money or the time mo no one talks about the expensiveness of relationships we talked about this on this week's coming podcast you haven't heard it yet but like yeah it literally like doubly drains your account (laughs) yes Because, like, yeah, of course I want to buy you something. Or, like, if I'm eating something, like, I can't just, like, not buy you something or whatever. And then you, like, add the New York tax on top of that. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. meow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to be people's first bad bitch, you know? That, too. Being, you can probably speak more to this than me. Sometimes (laughs) I I am a bad bitch. You can speak to this, too. It's different kinds of bad bitches. I am. I feel like I am bad bitch, but, like bad bitch more rare like i will go out to the store intentionally ugly because i know my beauty will blind people and no i'm so dead ass too like i feel that if i get dressed up and like look very nice and go to the store i get unwanted attention primarily from men who Mm -hmm. decide to like follow me to my car or whatever so like i'll put on the glasses i'll put on the frumpy clothes i'll put on the headscarf to like dull it down but like being people's first bad bitch like how do you battle that like do you have like a boundary now? You're like, how many? Let me see your ex's Instagram so I can see if you can even <laughs> handle this. Because I think that's what I need to start doing. 
I don't ask about their exes Instagram. I don't ask about their exes. I just like, I used to be really shy about it, but now, um, well, I'm full disclosure. I'm kind of just, not kind of just, I'm, I got out of a four year relationship. <laughs> so I'm, I'm back to the streets. Back to the streets. Welcome. Yeah. It's, it's terrible here. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is pee and fecal matter in the dating fecal pool. Fecal matter everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy out here. Um, before I would try to be shy and like, oh, like uh, it's okay. Like you don't have to pay for me. Like it's okay. Now I'm like, can you handle me? Mm. Straight up, I'm like, I'm not necessarily like you need to get my nails done. You need to do this, you right? Do that, whatever. But I'm like, I you like to eat. I have a certain lifestyle yeah yeah and I, i'm not saying that oh we have to go out to eat all the time but like we gonna cook like and it's gonna I'm be good quality groceries food. every time okay? right i shouldn't even be paying for them at all because i'm probably gonna be the one to cook because i'm a great cook so mm. if you want me to cook it you gotta buy the groceries right if you want me to come see you you gotta give me a car to come see you <laughs> if you like, so it's not necessarily like i need my hair done my nails done type baddie but it's like I require good quality items. Yeah. Namely the food, namely the experience that we're going to. Yeah. And, you know, if I feel like they got it like that, then I'll be like, okay, can you give me this? Can you give me that? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it works out. Other times they'll be like, girl, you so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be sending me the like Dow. <laughs> of the day the dow jones <laughs> yes that's like, so girl, fucking funny what do you think i'm like you're right no you're right but like i feel like it's a little easier in in new york rather than a suburb to like have like great experiences um consistently yeah you'll have great experiences consistently with um somebody's friend group because mm. everything is so small everybody knows oh. each other not to say that's not the same in the suburbs, but I just feel like maybe people are a little bit more disconnected in the suburbs. Yeah. Like, they don't all know each other. Right. Versus here, if you, like, see one person casually, they're all connected. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, that's yeah. how I'm dating. Yeah. I mean, it was that's, like that that's kind of a problem I'm facing now, but I'm trying not to, like, don't let it, don't let it get too you much. Down. Yeah. But I'm like, damn, like. It's a it's a baby keem line. He's like, I'm trying to find me a bitch that nobody knows. That's where I'm at right now. Like, who don't? I don't want nobody that know no. <laughs> no social no, media. Okay. I don't want you to know anybody. I don't want you to like have dated anybody. Be a hermit. Yeah, but that's yeah. not realistic. And I don't know, the people I've been meeting lately, they cool. So I'm keeping okay. it in my pocket. <laughs> Anzi, are you ready for our fourth and final game? Yes, sorry, Bob. Our first and final game is called Trivial Trivia. It's a trivia game where we see all that you know about a whole lot of nothing. I'll let you pick the category and I'll give you A, B, C, or D answers. And then, you know, you'll answer it. I know that you like watching TV. So I've given you the option to choose between these three popular television shows. Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, or Game of Thrones. Your pick. Something says choose the thrones, but I will choose the dead. All right. Your first question. What type of book is The Walking Dead based on? 
Is it A, regional horror, B, post-apocalyptic comic, C, unrequited romance, or D, suspenseful science fiction? B. That's correct. Two. The first group of survivors, led by Rick, originates from where? Is it A, Houston, B, New York, C, Atlanta, or D, Memphis? Uh, C, ATL. ATL, shoddy. <laughs> Are you low-key a uh, um, walking... Have you seen all three of those shows? I feel like you're a TV buff. I have not seen all three, cause I, but they're getting ready to start another spinoff with... um one of the main characters from the main show so of I'm walking like, dead yeah i'm like damn they might get me on the spit off like <laughs> i wasn't trying to but they might get me oh all the franchises yeah i know game of thrones has a like spinoff like the dragon joint i've been watching that one i've been watching the lord of the rings the 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 new one mm-hmm. um i'm fucking with i like fantasy shit I'm like i was gonna say you seem like a fi- fantasy apocalyptic science nerd low-key in the tv show realm yeah westworld um foundation <laughs> um raised by wolves wow you're really yeah. into your fantasy shit yes yes that's where the fun is at they thinking. Yeah. They writing. They writing what they. They in the woods. <laughs> they in the woods writing. Exactly. Number three. What are the show zombies called? Are they called A zombies, B walkers, C demons, or D ghouls? B. B walkers. That's correct. I almost pressed the wrong button. <laughs> wow. You was like, nah. You got it wrong. Bonus question. True or false, the word zombies is never used in The Walking Dead. The word zombies is never used. That's correct. In season five, a group has Rick, Glenn, Bob, and Daryl bound and gagged. What made this group so terrifying? Were they A, having guns, B, cannibals, were they C, walkers, or D, they were whisperers? B, they were cannibals. That's correct. Your final question. What building are the survivors in when Lori goes into labor in season three's Killer Within episode? Are they A, in a government agency, B, a federal prison, C, a state jail, or D, someone's house? Uh, It's definitely a prison, but I don't know if it's a federal prison or if it's a jail. Take a quick guess. Um, I'll go with jail. Oh, uh, that's not correct. It was a federal prison. Whatever. It's okay, though. <laughs> I knew it was one of them. Good guess. That has been the end of our game. You got four, right? <laughs> Why are you smacking like that? I'll give you 2,500 points for that. From that angle, you was giving Michael Jackson. Which your, your cheek sucked in. Uh, my chin like sucked in. I was waiting for the number to come to me. So what does that have you at now? 16,500? Wow, I only got 500 for that. I thought I was at 17. What were you at before? You were at four. I added 10. Child, I don't know where you at. Adriana, let us know. I that brings your total up to something. I'm at 17. Okay, you're at 17,500 then? 17,500, I hope. (laughs) 
that brings your total up to 17,500. Um, but unfortunately, we've reached the end of our game. <laughs> Loser. Loser. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, listen to the demo from maybe your upcoming project. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, and then we'll come back and spin the wheel. Hi, I'm Anzi Dasabi, and you're listening to my unreleased demo called Obvious. I hope you like it. Sunset kisses on my back Spell cast me there and back Never a tip a tap Reciprocal, I like that So tell me, is it obvious, so obvious I'm caught but I was framed by love What a bang is love I slip but I still stand strong And what you mean Thanks so much for sharing that unreleased track with us. Um, we're officially at the end of our show, but before you go, I'll let you spin the wheel one more time. Anzi, I would love for you to tell me a knock-knock joke. Okay, here's my knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Bless. Bless who? Yahoo! <laughs> oh, God. Izzy, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being my guest for this month's halftime show. Everyone, you can follow Anzi everywhere um, on Twitter or on Instagram at Anzi Dasabi. Those are also links in the description. I've also dropped your model dot link down below in case any agencies are listening. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next month. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.
That's the end of this episode of The Halftime Show With. The Halftime Show With is a subsidiary of the One and a Half Lesbians podcast. The spin-off is designed, written, and produced by me, Be The Half. Our theme song is a remix maniac spin on the original Price is Right theme song with edits by me. Episodes are edited by Adriana. Our interchangeable logo was illustrated by Vanika Bibra. Special thanks to our production partner, Amina Iro, our guest of the month, and of course, listeners like you. Thank you.